what's Appalachian? What we found is that the people that we were gathering, people in the hills and hollers of West Virginia, are 10 times smarter and more compassionate and more courageous than the lobbyists that we permit to run our government. And welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of What's Appalachian. And this is Cody Greathouse along with my co-host. Gabe Roush. Gabe, how you doing this week, man? Dude, I'm doing great. Doing great. Me too. Me too. Uh, got the got the first day back with kids today. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So Hope uh, that went well. It did. It did. A um, little bit different. It's yeah. funny because you have that awkward stage of, like, all the kids are back together. So there's, you know, there's some awkwardness there with with everybody being back in the classroom. But, yeah. but it's it's been good, man. Like good social awkwardness, just like oh, dude, hard. I don't know how to act in front of my yeah, friends. Dude, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. But yeah, the the week's been been good so far. I'm that's good. Pretty pumped uh, to have Steven on. I think he's yeah going to bring a lot of enlightenment. Oh, for sure. To I, the podcast tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that we pride ourselves on being apolitical, nonpartisan yeah. for the most part. I mean, and I think what Stephen brings to the table, especially in tonight's conversation, really reinforces like our ideals on things that it's it's everybody for the common good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um for the people. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's it's not Republican Democrat. No, it's uh, for West Virginians. Right. And I and I hope that this idea, this mentality can kind of spread outside of been. our state borders. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So without further ado, yeah, uh, tonight's episode is, you know, just like Gabe and I talked is about West Virginia and being for the people. Yeah. I think it gets to the point in current politics where everybody is just so sick and tired of left or right. I've been told, mm-hmm. and I say this in the in the interview, is I've been told numerous times that there is no middle. Yeah, I think the middle is the people, Republicans and Democrats alike, that want to yeah. be heard. For sure, Stephen makes a great point in the uh, in in the later in the uh, interview. You know, we we've got to be the change. Yeah, you know, not one person's going to save us uh, in our mm-hmm. state's history. Not one person has saved us. So, guys, hopefully you can enjoy us kicking back yeah. and talking with Stephen Smith. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy. So tonight we've got Stephen Smith here with us. Um, Very excited. Very yeah, excited. definitely. He's a uh, he was the Democratic gubernatorial candidate for West Virginia. I'm um, currently the co-chair of West Virginia. West Virginia can't wait. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you former director of Our Future West Virginia, which is pretty cool. So I mean, th- this guy has been in the realm of public service and community organizing for for a minute now. Yeah. Yep. So man, Stephen, thanks for hopping on yeah with thanks us. Stephen. we appreciate you no man i'm excited i'm really glad to be here and i hope that's the the last of uh, you guys embarrassing me in this podcast. it's very sweet of you but <laughs> let's, just, let's just get down to business yeah I'm, I, for the video version of this i'm now blushing so that's right that. there we go there we go <laughs> man, man no, so i'm Stephen, excited I, what, what you guys are doing is really exciting i'm glad to be yeah. here Thank appreciate you. it appreciate it um, obviously, I've known you for a few years now through Try This West Virginia and everything. Uh, and uh, one thing that I've been curious about that I don't think I've really had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you about is just like how, like what inspired you to become so involved with community organizing and being so civically involved? Yeah. Wow, man, that's a great question. Um, I think it probably like a lot of things, it starts with my folks. Um, 
my dad was from here. My mom's from Illinois. Um, my dad has spent his entire career working for nonprofits right now. He runs an organization that does continuing education for uh, lawyers and judges and law enforcement officials. They live in Texas. Um, but also just watching my mom make our house the kind of place that always had extra people in it. It was a very West Virginia thing, right? It was yeah. When, when we were growing up, my sister and I were growing up, um, you know, all the neighborhood kids came to our house. All our friends came to our house. There was, it was commonplace for our friends to uh, be closer to my mom sometimes yeah. than they were to us. Um, yeah. And just, um, you know, my parents served as foster parents um, when I was a kid. And so just that, that belief that what you have doesn't just belong to you. It belongs to the whole community. It belongs to everybody. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where it started, um, watching her and just wanting to be like that, wanting to live for something bigger than just me and my family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Stephen, because as soon as, as you were saying those things, I just flashed back to high school, man. And, and you had, you know, and it may just be a West Virginia Appalachia thing, but you know, I, I always had more than one mom, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it was just a, uh, you always called, you know, your best friend's mom. Like I always referred to him as mom because especially mine too. And it was, it was reciprocated there, but uh, it was, it was always neat to see. Um, it's funny that you, that you bring that up because I can definitely relate. Yeah. It's, you know, when we don't, when we live in places that don't have a lot, we have to rely on each other. You know, uh, Gabe, you've heard me talk about this before, but um, it's one of the reasons why West Virginia can't wait was possible in West Virginia, why Try This was possible in West Virginia, is because even though uh, we rank last on all of those things that our government is in charge of, that our these private corporations are in charge of, we rank near the top of the list in a lot of the things that actually make life worth living. Like West Virginians yeah. spend more time with our neighbors than anybody else in the United States. Um, yeah. <laughs> top five in various measures of volunteer service, charitable giving, the time we spend with ex extended family members. And so all of those things, they, they come out of the fact that we've been exploited and robbed yeah. and everything else, but it's still good, right? It's yeah. still yeah. who we are. It's still, um, you know, we aren't just the victims of our circumstance. We're also yeah. the people that rally around each other and uh, back each other up. It's it's not a coincidence that a nationwide teacher strike movement started in West Virginia, right? All of that yeah. is in our blood. So, um, you know, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Yep. Ditto. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, man, so uh, I, I knew you were originally from Charleston, West Virginia. Um, I knew you moved out of state for a little while, attended college out of state. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and then what brought you back to West Virginia. Yeah, I didn't have much of a choice in the matter moving out. My family moved away when I was a kid. We moved to Texas. Um, I graduated from Harvard. Um, I uh, met my wife in Chicago after college. Um, I got this opportunity to work with a community organizing group in, um, in Chicago. And, you know, in college, what I sort of ran into was uh, you know, I was going to Harvard. I was this West Virginia, Texas kid at Harvard. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. It was, um, it was inspiring. And, and I was just, I just, I felt like it wasn't fair. Like I felt like it was uh, just this incredible opportunity I couldn't waste. And uh, also 
Uh, like every other place in the world, there was deep injustice baked into that place. And so yeah. I think a, a turning point in my life um, that kind of got me into organizing as a career was that um, I was part of this living wage campaign on campus. So, you know, here we are at this big fancy university sitting on billions of dollars and they wouldn't pay a decent wage to their janitors and security guards and uh, food service workers. So a bunch of students uh, got together. We organized for three years and we did all those things that you were supposed to do, right? You know, we got petitions and uh, we got outside support and we made our arguments and uh, we did the research and they're like, no. So three years into the campaign, um, 52 of us got together. This was planned months in advance. And we took over uh, the president's office of the building. So we're not going to leave until we get uh, a deal we want, until we get somewhere closer to uh, a decent wage for these workers. And uh, we were real smart. We thought uh, we're going to go take over the building right before all of the pre-frosh come and visit the school, like three days before. So, because we know they don't want us in the building when all the pre-frosh come. Uh, we underestimated their willingness to wait us out. So three weeks go by. We were in that oh building for 21 what? days Get out before of here. we finally negotiated a deal that ultimately led to a living wage of, uh, at the time, I think it was close to $11 an hour at the time. Now it's like 17 or 18 bucks an hour plus health wow. benefits. Um, and what that taught me, to answer your question, um, what that taught me and sort of put me on the path of being able to do this for a living is that uh, power, those in power don't give up anything unless forced, right? That there's not, you can't, you can't nice guy your way towards uh, a fundamentally better set of circumstances. And yeah. so um, I got hooked on that work and uh, having that experience at a young age. And then as an adult, um, I just feel like it is, again, almost unfair to be able to do that kind of work for a living. Um, yeah. that, you know, especially in a time like this where there's so much desperation and death and struggle and inequality all around us. Um, for anybody who's in a, a serving job, like being a teacher or my wife's mm -hmm. a public defender, or if you're an organizer, um, it's a gift to be able to get paid to do uh, the work of trying to make the world a better place. And so that's yeah. in, in all kinds of different ways in different places. That's been my career for the last 20 years or so. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Wow. So, um, so obviously you, you came back to West Virginia. I know you became involved with uh, our future West Virginia and then tried this, which is where I actually met you, which was, I mean, try this is always, it's probably one of my favorite nonprofits here in the state. Um, and, and we'll probably put out a lot of oh, information yeah. on that uh, through, through our social media and everything. So you were involved here within West Virginia for several years. So how did you go from that organizing through our future West Virginia, try this West Virginia to, candidate for governor? Yeah, that's a good question. I asked myself that sometimes. Um, uh, I just saw the so, reaction. Uh, the work, I mean, first, just a quick shout out to the, uh, the folks who are still with Our Future West Virginia and yeah. Try This West Virginia. And mm -hmm. Now those are two separate um, organizations, both doing incredible work. And I think, um, uh, you know, especially uh, you know, shout out to uh, Jeff Allen and Renata Poor and all the people who founded Healthy Kids and Families Coalition, which yeah, became yes. our future West Virginia. And shout out to Kate Long, who you know is the 
the she's the matriarch and queen bee <laughs> goddess founder of try this west virginia and just a, an absolute uh, appalachian legend in her own yeah, right yes. um and uh you know getting to be a part of those two projects um uh, it was just totally clear. I mean, you've seen this. You guys are uh, on council. The, the, every year, um, whether it was at the Try This conference or we were sending seven or 800 children and families up to the state capitol to lobby on their own behalf, what we found is that the people that we were gathering, people in the hills and hollers of West Virginia, are 10 times smarter and more compassionate and more courageous than the lobbyists that we permit to run our yeah. government. Yeah. And uh, so it was a thrill to get to fight those fights um, day to day uh, in those nonprofits, right? Getting to work with people and through Try This who are like, we're not even gonna wait for those lobbyists. We're just gonna do the thing in our own backyard right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, getting to work with moms and dads and, and kids and working class people up at the Capitol saying, this is what matters to us. That was a thrill. But there was also a feeling that in addition to that, uh, in addition to going up to that capital and trying to convince them to listen to us, we also had a duty to go up to the capital to try to replace them yeah. with yeah. us. And that idea, that like, what would it look like if the people making the decisions and setting the agenda, what if those people were us, not just mm -hmm. listening to us, no, I agree. Um, you know, not just um, we have to, you know, convince, try to get the best deal we can. What if it was us? And yeah. uh, and that was like, you know, all right, what did it take? Um, that's how it, we started talking about what would it look like for me to run for governor and what would it look like for us to get a whole bunch more other people to run for office up and down the ballot um, so that, you know, at the end of it, whether I win or lose, uh, we've got. Uh, a political machine, but one yeah. that works for the people instead of the entrenched interest. So it was that, that was that kind of transition, that sort of what if, what would it look like and what would it take to win a government where we were in charge, um, unfettered, not owned by out-of-state corporate interests, us, the people. Yeah. Uh, enter West Virginia can't wait. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of I, this. Uh, this won't surprise any of your listeners. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of political campaigns uh, pretend as if one person is the answer to yeah. our problems. Yeah. As if one politician is going to ride in on a suit and tie or a, a, a whatever and roll up their sleeves and and solve all our problems. And yeah. I got news for you. If, if that worked, <laughs> we, we things be would be a lot better than no, they no. are right now. Um, but it doesn't work, right? The way change actually happens, and we know this from the mine wars to the teacher strike and everything in between, the only thing that's ever worked in American history and West Virginia history is a whole bunch of working class people coming together across race differences and religious differences and language differences and fighting back unapologetically. And yeah. so rather than having a campaign that was built around one guy um, who, you know, I'm a person, I'm going to screw up. Rather than building something around one person, uh, let's build it around a movement, a machine that can last beyond. And so from day one, you know, from uh, November 30th, 2018, we launched not as 
Smith for West Virginia, um, mm -hmm. but as West Virginia can't wait, the website wvcantwait.com, yeah. the Facebook page wvcantwait, Twitter handle at wvcantwait. <clears throat> and then we went out re recruiting candidates and building our mm -hmm. platform. We just didn't want to lie. You yeah. know, we didn't want to lie the same way other politicians do that, like, oh, trust me, I'm going to fix everything. It's, it's, it's BS. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the birth of West Virginia Can't Wait. It's, and I love it, which I, I remember you, you called me, it was probably late March, early April in 2018, because at that point, I'd already been on council for two years. And then I'd known you through, tried this through the years that I'd been there, and you pitched this to me. And the, I, I just remember like, just how you pitched that to me, just like, we're not doing the traditional thing where we're just going to get a bunch of money and make TV commercials. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're hitting, we're hitting all 55 counties. Yeah. We're creating these, these heads for each 55 counties. Cause we've got the people creating uh, county captains. And then we're going to do this the more personal way, the, the way that it should be done, especially at the state and local level. And I, I just remember being so excited because I was at work covering a, a girl's softball game. And like, I'm, I'm on the phone pacing back and forth along the fence, watching the game and just like, being so excited about this um, and, and, and just how you guys wanted to approach this, especially like the whole, um, we can't depend on one politician. We can't depend on them to take care of us. We've got to do this ourselves. And, well, and what you that. were doing was an inspiration. I mean, you know, it's not, I think the thing that we did that was original was um, uh, try to make it a little bit bigger, try to make our ambitions uh, statewide but there have always been individual people in West Virginia politics who are doing it for the right reasons, who aren't taking yeah. corporate cash, who are public servants. And I, I remember learning about um, your work on council and finding ways to do, you know, really ambitious things with regard to getting people more physically active and healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have all the talent we need here in West Virginia. Uh, yeah. We don't need outside companies or experts or politicians tell us what to do um but we do have to cultivate that talent and, and unite mm -hmm. it and, and and stop giving our power away so it was a i remember that phone call it was it was a big deal to have you be excited about it because we knew we were going to bring a whole lot of new candidates in but it meant a lot to have people who had already been doing it say um you know what uh even though i'm already in even though you know, I'll probably get reelected with or without West Virginia. Can't wait. I want to believe in this thing right. and yeah. help other people. That 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 was the thing that really moved me throughout the campaign was just the willingness in the world of politics, which is yeah. notoriously mm -hmm. ugly and selfish. Yeah, Corrupt. we saw yeah. people just being generous with each other, generous with each other's time. You know, every time someone, one of our candidates, would hold a town hall, they'd like invite all the other candidates. Every time they do a podcast or a Facebook live, they invite all the other candidates. Um, you know, we did, uh, uh, 197 town halls, uh, during the, uh, before COVID hit and mm -hmm. every single one of those, we'd invite other candidates to come and we'd encourage people to donate to the gubernatorial campaign and to the campaigns of all the other people who came. And, um, you know, did we change everything overnight? Of course not. We never knew. We, were, we, we always knew it was going to take, uh, more, uh, than one election cycle to win the kind yeah. of government we deserve. But yeah. here we are, it's 2021, and unlike your average political campaign, we've still got county captains. We've still got yeah. constituency captains. We've got you know a whole bunch of y'all in office, and uh, literally a few times a week, people are reaching out to us saying, 
hey, I'm thinking about running and I love what you guys are doing. Uh, is it possible for someone like me to run, someone who's yeah. not part of the political establishment? We say, yeah, here you go. We're learning together. Come be yeah. a part of this thing. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, my, my thing is why not? Yeah. You know, and, and Stephen, even, even here uh, in Point Pleasant, it's, it's funny you bring that up. We've had, we've had people approach Gabe and I both um, asking about running for certain offices if mm -hmm. we should, you know, uh, for city council, uh, for sheriff. I mean, there's a bunch of people that, that come to Gabe and I and do the same thing that, um, that, that, you know, people were asking you guys. And, and it's such a, it's a relief to be able to sit down with these people that you know are wholesome yeah. and wanting to make a change and are willing to listen to constituents and, and do what they need to do for the betterment of West Virginia. Yeah. You know, you bring up the whole idea of working together and people supporting each other and, and things like that. And when everything's said and done, it's like I responded to you with, why not? Why not? Why not? Is, yeah. is that not, is that not what we're supposed to do as human beings? I know politics, like you said, is, is dirty. It's grimy. It's mm -hmm. disgusting at times. But I, I remember Gabe telling me about you when you made your run. And I remember telling my dad and, and my friends and things like that. And I, you know, I, I challenged him. Like, if you want to look up something bad about this guy, you know, do your best because <laughs> this, this, there is, you know, there's no, nothing no. To, to me in my eyes. And maybe that's biased because, you know, I am who I am, but I felt throughout, throughout your run, uh, your track record and everything like that, it was, it was perfect. And like you said, it was, it's great to hear you say, this isn't going to be accomplished in one election run. Yeah. It's, it's a process. Yeah. I've said it on past podcasts. I'm, I'm a wholehearted believer that the process is more important than the product. Mm -hmm. Meaning once we hit that end, you look at everything we've learned, everything we've accomplished, everything that we've been through together that is so much more important than the, than the end result because you learn so much more throughout that process. Well, that's awfully nice of you to say too. I mean, I'm not perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm messed up just like everybody else. Uh, I think the the difference though, I think a lot of what attracted people to the campaign was that um, all of my faults or a, a good portion of my faults were covered up by the fact that it was a team, right? That, yeah. that, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I wasn't I uh, the whole uh, product. Um, and, you know, you, I think about the uh, the policy platform that we wrote, this New Deal for West Virginia. Yep. Mm -hmm. you know, the way a traditional policy platform gets written is a politician and a pollster <laughs> sit down in a back room and come up with five slogans or maybe seven slogans that don't mean anything, um, but that uh, don't offend anybody. And, uh, and that's it ballgame, right? Um, and instead, um, uh, we did these 197 town halls. Our volunteers went out and conducted over 11,000 conversations with voters and says, what do you want? What would make a difference in your life, uh, in your family's lives? And we pieced together these really elaborate plans, 34 yeah. policy plans. That, that's the idea is that, yeah, I'm not perfect. None of us are. If we're all together, then... Uh, we're pretty damn close to perfect when yeah, we yeah. all come together and we listen to each other, when we, uh, when we take each other's strengths and build something bigger than any one of us. And, uh, and that was the other fascinating thing about putting that platform together was that um, over and over again, what we found was that on any issue, there was a Republican position and a Democrat position 
And then there was a common sense position. And that over and over, we kept hearing, you know, if you were paying attention to Charleston, you'd hear the Democrat position, the Republican position. And as soon as you paid attention to the other, you know, 55 counties and everything else that's going on, yeah. uh, you'd hear people across the political spectrum agreeing. You know, education was the best example of this. Uh, you know, if you were paying attention to just what was going on in Charleston in 2018, 2019, you would think that there was this great debate in education in West Virginia where the Republicans want charter schools. The Democrats don't want charter schools. And yes. that was the, the fundamental debate about education in West Virginia. And uh, that was the debate in Charleston. And, you know, we didn't, we're opposed to charter schools, privatization of any kind. But what we found was that while the lawmakers were having that narrow debate, 95% of West Virginians actually agreed on what should change in our schools. Everybody, yeah. everybody wanted uh, less testing, right? Everybody mm -hmm. wanted higher pay. Everybody for teachers and school service personnel. Everybody wanted smaller classes. Everybody wanted uh, <coughs> less money going to out-of-state testing companies and more money staying here. Uh, everybody wanted to find ways uh, to offer more and more robust mental health services and after-school programs. All of those things were things that everybody in West Virginia wanted, but we didn't have uh, either party um, really fighting hard enough for because, again, the people aren't the ones in charge of the political process. And, and that's what we were trying to change. And it was, it was hopeful to hear on issue after issue that actually people who are Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians or Mountain Party or who have given up on the political process all wanted a lot of the same things, but nobody was really representing those views. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I know we've said it probably a hundred times before on our other podcast. Like, I mean, we really are, we, we strive to be an apolitical podcast, mm -hmm. but I think that's why I love this West Virginia can't wait movement movement anyways, is because it's, it's nonpartisan. I mean, it's not, it, it, there is no alliance to a single political party. I mean, and, and the BS is called out on both sides of the aisle. And, and I think that's why I really also fell in love with what this movement's trying to do. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, we were talking, this was at the very beginning of the campaign before we launched, uh, we were, uh, uh, actually outside filming a little launch video that was terrible. This is just me and our <laughs> campaign manager, Katie, and I, and neither one of us knows squat about uh, video. But we were, we were taking it really seriously, even though yeah. we didn't end up using it. And this guy walks along. Uh, we were just outdoors filming. This guy uh, walks along. He's like, what are you guys doing? He's sort of listening to what we were talking about. He's kind of interested. So, you know, it sounds like you guys are on to something. What are you guys about? And we explain, you know, we're, we're going to launch this gubernatorial campaign this west virginia can't wait thing and we're making this video uh and he goes oh okay okay that sounds good he goes but i don't vote <laughs> and we go okay well how come and he kind of leans in a little bit he goes why would i want to choose between getting bit by a snake or eaten by a bear <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough I was like, sense. you're that you're our kind of guy. Um, yeah. But that work takes a while, right? So yeah. anybody who's yeah. looking for a quick fix in politics or, you Doesn't know, I, well, I'm going to just sidle up and, 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 and stay quiet. And then once I'm in there, I'll solve all the problems. No, yeah. no, no, that's not how it works. 
We want to be accountable to an electorate who knows exactly what we're trying to do. And that yeah. means we're going to have to grow the electorate and get more people to vote, yeah. get more people to run. Um, we have to lead with our issues. We're going to have to be unafraid yeah. to name the people and the companies and the institutions that have been robbing us. And if yeah. we're willing to do all those things and work hard enough, we're going to win. We're starting to win some races and some yeah. policy change. And we keep at it long enough. Uh, you know, we think West Virginia is exactly the place where something like this could work. Oh, I agree. 100%. I agree. And I, you know, Stephen, just by following the campaign uh, throughout the throughout the course of it this past election season, I, I respect that you. To me, I and in, in my lifetime, I've never witnessed it, and I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've never met a candidate willing to sit down and speak with anyone at any time. Mm-hmm. any given place, even after, you know, everything that COVID, whatever, online, uh, we'll stream it on Facebook. We yeah. can talk, ask me anything you want. I'll be open. Mm-hmm. I'll, sh- you know, that that's, is that not what we, we need? You know, to, to me, it's, it's, and like I've said before, it's, it's obvious that, you know, we need this teamwork as West Virginians and as Appalachians. Yeah. It's just, I think it, it's painful at times to sit back and watch different parts of West Virginia crumble simply because of party lines. Yeah. The I, I've talked to numerous people and I've said it in previous episodes that just wholeheartedly believe that there is no middle ground. There is no middle. You're either a Democrat or you're Republican, you're, you're liberal or you're conservative. And I think it's to the point now, and this is what you've started to grow is People are just tired now, you know. People are tired of having to pick and choose. People are tired of knowing that they're getting bitten. People are tired of um, knowing that, you know. Well, you know, I, I hate picking between. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, I, I hate picking the lesser evil, and, and yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. And a lot of people don't see that at times, mm-hmm. uh, especially coming from West Virginia. It's hard to it's hard to communicate with some people that that there there is good to, yeah. to choose. It's just people don't want to research and and they see what they see on TV and things of that sort. Um, so you, I mean, you can't blame folks, right? I mean, no. yeah. our whole uh, you know we're all about the same age. Our entire lives, uh, all we've seen is a government that didn't belong to us. Yeah, um, you know, there's a. Uh, uh, a question we used to sort of come back to as a, a bellwether, a, a kind of moral grounding for the campaign, which is, who do you serve? Yeah. Um, and uh, we weren't interested in serving the left or the right. We weren't interested in serving the top. We were interested in serving yeah. the people. And yeah. uh, so, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll give it out right now. Uh, my cell phone is right here, 304-610-6512. Happy to talk to anybody. Uh, but that was an easy decision for us. It's like, you know, uh, every politician will take a phone call from somebody. Yeah, right? yeah. The question is who? who? Uh, yep. And we yeah. thought for us, uh, we're going to make it so that our campaign is um, not just inclusive and responsive, uh, but invitational. That yeah. no matter what, no matter who you are, um, uh, if you're getting hurt too, uh, which is most of us in one way or another, uh, we're going to invite you into this. Um, and uh, that work 
is hard. Um, it yeah. takes, cause we have to break down all of those things we've ever learned our whole lives. We have to break down all of the biases and uh, racism and uh, discrimination that's, that's inside of us because yeah. of this culture. We have to break down all of the things we've learned and hear about the political process on CNN. We have to break down all of the stereotypes we have about ourselves, yeah. uh, being backwards and dumb and not knowing better. And all of that takes work one on one, face to face, it does with each other. And so we said that is that work is the most important thing. And maybe it means we get to win some stuff in the short run. Right. But if we yeah. ever want something to fundamentally change, we have to constantly do that work. And yes, that means uh, making uh, my cell phone available to folks, or we encourage all of our candidates to do the same. Um, yeah. If we're not willing to do that work, things are going to stay the same. Yeah, I, throughout the process, that's you know what you just said. That's regardless whether you're Republican, Democrat. That that's the commonality we have here. Yeah, you know that that's that's the commonality we have is we all have these walls to break down. Mm -hmm. We have to take a step back and look at ourselves, not as partisan, bipartisan, whatever. You have to look at yourself as a human being. Yeah, and that's the commonality. Everything you just said is the commonality of of West Virginians, and it's it's the, you know, what you just said is the poster child of West Virginia can't wait, and I I hope our listeners out there have you know can can take something from this, yeah. and realize that not like you've said, not one person is going to make a change. It's we have got to us. make this change. Yeah. So I, I like that. And yeah. it's, it's hard to start. So one other, I'll just make a quick pitch. If you are listening to this and you've got a little voice in your head, you've got a little idea percolating in your mind, uh, maybe you want to run for office, you've always wanted to run for office, maybe you want to start a, a project in your own backyard, something to help the people around you, maybe you want to organize your workplace, uh, yeah. make it more fair and just, whatever. Um, give me a call. Like that, One of the things that we believe is that uh, we need a, in order to solve the kind of problems we got as big as they are, mm -hmm. we got to create space for everybody. So whoever you are, you want to make things better and you're not sure how we want to find a place for you uh, in what we're building, or if not in what we're building, build your own thing. But mm -hmm. uh, we want to be of service and we just believe that the people of West Virginia have the answers. I'll tell you this story. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, uh, imagine we got to wrap up uh, relatively soon, but um, one of the things I kept coming back to in the campaign because people would say, um, "Oh, well, you, what do you mean you're going to trust the people? Like, what is that? You know, actually, one of the things West Virginians do a lot of is uh, talk shit about each other, right? Yeah. So, well, <laughs> no, uh, we, we yeah, I mean, don't trust my neighbor. Uh, don't yeah. trust the people in this region. Don't trust the people in that region. Don't trust the people who do this job. Uh, yeah. So we. We kept hearing about how West Virginians, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking shit about each other. And we got to kind of remind ourselves and ground ourselves that actually we've been governing ourselves for a long damn time. This isn't yeah. that new of an idea. And I think back to specifically the floods of 2016. Yes. So we have this, these massive floods. And you could pick any natural disaster, but um, I think that one is still in in the memory for a lot of us. It is. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, what you had was thousands of people lose their homes, right? And mm -hmm. in the wake of that devastation, there were two responses. 
right? Two parallel responses. On the one hand, you had local people and congregations coming together and doing the best they could to rebuild those houses as quickly as they could. Right. On the other hand, you had sort of the, the good old boys response, right? Yeah. Um, $147 million in federal money sprinkled on the Department of Commerce. Um, and it was fascinating to watch. It was sort of an experiment about who's more effective, the good old boys sitting on 147 million bucks or uh, a bunch of random people with hammers. And yeah. in West Virginia, what we saw was that, um, you know, immediately people started rebuilding their homes. And three, four years after the fact, this group, the people, had built more homes faster than this big good old boy response sitting <laughs> on $147 million. And of course, people know Classic. most of that $147 million never got spent. Still yeah. to this day is kind of floating mm -hmm. out there. And um, that's a reminder. It's always been a reminder to us that what we're fighting for uh, isn't something big and new we have to create and invent. It's more like something we have to peel away. It's like as soon as we get those out-of-state corporate lobbyists and all their dirty money and all their dirty politicians, once we get them out of the way, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and that it's it, it's really just about allowing uh, the people of West Virginia to do in a bigger way what we've been doing uh, for hundreds of years. So if that's it. you, if you're already making things happen in your own backyard and you want to be connected to other folks um, or you're stuck or you want to get started, uh, be in touch. Uh, that number again is 304-610-6512. I'm Stephen. Uh, you can also find us online at wvcantwait.com. All right. Well, uh, this is kind of our wrapping up question that we'd like to ask each of our guests. Um, so what does it mean to you to be Appalachian? Wow, what a great question. Uh, <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah, we get that reaction. We get the reaction. I should have done my research. I should have been ready for this question. Um, it, it, uh, it means giving more of a damn about your neighbor uh, than yourself. I think that's what it is. Because it's, it's the, um, in the big way of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to march with my neighbor in, on Blair Mountain, right, and risk my mm -hmm. life against the federal government and uh, uh, Baldwin Feltz agents, right? It's that kind of yeah. fighting for my neighbor. But it's also the day-to-day -day stuff. It's, um, uh, you know, finding ways to share childcare duties and um, believing that uh, no matter what you need, uh, someone nearby can help you do it and you're going to do the same. Uh, you know, the, uh, your listeners may know this already, but uh, one of the songs we often played on the campaign and I come back to a lot is the song Lean on Me, uh, which Bill Withers, who is a West Virginia resident, Mm -hmm. wrote about growing up in West Virginia. You listen to the song mm -hmm. again, um, it sounds like any neighborhood in West Virginia to this day. And uh, that's, yeah, uh, what, what's Appalachia? It's, it's lean on me. It's the belief that your neighbors and their well-being is even more important than your own. Couldn't have said that better myself. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, man, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, it's been great, it as has. always. It has. It has. Um, and looking forward well, to it. Well, thank you, guys. I mean, I just want to uh, just appreciate you all and what you're doing. Uh, one of the pieces of this puzzle is independent media. we yeah. got to be telling our own stories 
because uh, we see what happens when we let other people tell our stories. So You're right. uh, you guys picked up the mic. You did it. You did it. I'm, I'm excited about that. I hope we find more ways to uh, work together in the future. But sure. um, keep doing it. I mean, this is part of how we win a different kind of government is uh, by taking control of our stories. Uh, so keep at it and let me know how I can help. Well, Steven, you thank you. Thank you for being an inspiration yeah, uh, to a lot of people. You're you're more than uh, you're more than just one person. I know you've said teamwork essentially makes the dream work, and and <laughs> the dreams happen, my man. I'm telling you, slowly but surely. What's don't me? call me Shirley, but <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it is slowly it is slowly starting to happen. I can I can see it happening right now. Uh, you got a believer in two of us here, and and I look forward to to seeing how this turns out so thank you steven for everything you've done you bet all right stay close guys talk to you soon See you guys yeah dude that was a good interview i i felt pumped as he was speaking it yeah. was just empowering, kind of. <laughs> I know. Well, that, that guy has that kind of effect. Yeah. He, he was a big inspiration with for me yeah. as, as I did come into uh, considering running for council the first time around. Right. Um, just, just by the stuff that he really promoted in terms of civic involvement and everything that I learned through Try This West Virginia. And they were just trying to convince folks to essentially be the change yeah. in their community. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope everybody else really enjoyed this one. I hope so, too. And I think I think the lesson that people take from this is you you can be the change if you yeah. want to be yeah if you know you always hear the the word sheep thrown around more than none nowadays <laughs> sheep and yeah sheeple i i think we as as west virginians and as americans mm-hmm. we do what we believe in wholeheartedly and what we yeah. trust and realistically we've come to find out through our history is the only people that we can trust are our neighbors and and close you know yeah people that 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 are close with us and and people that are like us yeah and <laughs> i just like well steven said earlier just uh west virginia has like the highest rate of folks that spend time with their neighbors yeah like to me that's community that's how you can make change in your community yeah i agree it's just you know i think sometimes people have sucky neighbors kind of like me um <laughs> wait Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, thank you for tuning in so far. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and, and maybe something inspired you. If it did, shoot us an email at whatshappalachian at gmail.com. Let us know how, how you feel about Stephen Smith. You yeah, can even give Stephen a phone call if yeah, you want to. Yeah, he gave his phone number, I think, twice. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's all into having the conversation. That was a big thing with the uh, campaign is to never shy away from debate. Yeah. Have that conversation because if we don't have the conversation – Nothing gets done. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to our segment that we're coming up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe. Yeah. Just as every week. What are you drinking to tonight, man? Man. After uh, talking with Steven and everything, uh, I'm going to drink to the folks across Appalachia, maybe even the United States, especially here in West Virginia, that are out doing the work. Yeah. That have the boots on the ground doing the leg work to make positive change within their community, whether that's at a, at a just a microsome, whether that's at just a local level, whether that's at the state level. Yeah. Um, the folks that are really taking it to heart that 
they can't depend on politicians. They can't yeah. depend on industry. They can't depend on the federal government right. to come fix their community. Because if we've learned anything for the past 70 years is that's not going to happen. They'll throw some bones here every once in a while. But yeah. in terms of overall change, it is up to us as the citizens, as the folks in the hills and the hollers yeah. to make that positive change. Yeah. And we have to we have to find that common ground and work together for yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm 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 gonna drink to the folks that are already busting their rears. I hear that. I hear that, man. That's uh I think that's a good one. And it, it may not be affiliated and correct me if I'm wrong. Um but one thing that kind of took off last year and like I said, I'm not sure if it's affiliated by any means or not, but was uh, Grow This West Virginia. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, we're in the we're in the talks of, you know, try this West Virginia and things like that. But uh, one cool thing that, that I had found uh, last year at around this time was Grow This West Virginia. Um, it was an extension service from WVU. Yeah. And they were sending out seeds mm -hmm. uh, of various vegetables, of various things of that sort. And, man, they they were they blew me away at how many yeah. people they had buy these seeds and they sent them mm -hmm. out all across West Virginia. Yeah, I I I don't know if they're necessarily affiliated with Try This, but I'm pretty sure that W Extension agents have yeah. been a part of Try This definitely in this capacity right. to grow this and then other capacities just to create home just to foster home gardening yeah, to definitely. create a healthier diet for folks yeah. in the state. So. And they definitely did, man. Just seeing the seeing the outpouring of support they had and, and even going into this year before they went on their big campaign to send out seeds again mm -hmm. across West Virginia, they were already blown up again yeah. on their first few posts that I had seen. So yeah, I didn't know if it was a, an extension or, or whatever of try this West Virginia, but yeah. um, I think there's some collaboration there, but I mean, either way, yeah, check what that a great out, thing for West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those of you that tune in from West Virginia, definitely check that out, especially mm -hmm. if you're interested in starting your own home garden. I think it's pretty neat that, that they're willing to send these seeds to you and everything like that. So they have a long list of different things that you can throw in the ground and, yeah. and, uh, grow up. So yeah, let's go Mountaineers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Cody, what are you drinking to tonight? Dude, this is going to throw everybody for a loop, but, uh, Tonight, I'm going to drink to our newest team member. That's a good one. Ladies and gents, we have a new team member coming to What's Appalachian. Gabe and I have uh, brought on Andy Layton. Andy is a great friend of mine, uh, has been for years. And what he does with, with technology, with sound, with video mm -hmm. is un unimaginable. Uh, yeah. We asked him to be a part of it because we know what – uh, you know, what kind of tools he has and, mm -hmm. and what he can bring to the table. And he's going to be a great, Overwhelming great knowledge. asset. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a great asset to this and, and help take us to the next level and help us grow even more. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy and I had a podcast back in the day when we used to collect video games and it was, it was really successful actually. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's reciprocated as well. I know Andy believes wholeheartedly in what we're doing and Andy enjoys our messages that we send out each week. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to throw one back to to Andy Layton, our new executive Producers. producer. Yeah, cheers, cheers, my man. Cheers to you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> that was Andy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys may hear Andy come on in short snippets, uh, just whenever he feels like it on the podcast. So, like I said, he's he's going to be an asset, and I'm glad he's joining the What's Appalachian team. Definitely. Uh, and, and with that being said, guys, I just want to throw out a heartfelt 
and, and grateful thank you to our to our new followers. Mm-hmm. Gabe and I have received numerous emails, numerous people reaching out, sending us small towns, things yeah. like that. And and we've got some great things coming for you, I think. Yeah, we're going to be starting up a Patreon account uh, yeah. with some additional content here in the next few weeks. Um, we're really looking forward to that, bringing some new fun stuff, yeah. including video and whatnot, and some bonus episodes, yeah. essentially. Yeah, so. there's uh, there are some cool things that, that we've had in the talks for a while now, Gabe and I have. And like like I'd said, bringing Andy on, on board has, has definitely helped um, kind of spread out responsibility between us three in terms yeah. of social media, in terms of mm-hmm. everything of that sort. So I think I think this Patreon is going to be great. I think our bonus episodes are going to be extremely, extremely. Oh, this is going to be fun. Rich man, it is. It's going to be some fun content, man. It's going to be I'm fun. Excited. A little more, maybe a little more in depth on some yeah. things. Yeah. But overall, just way more fun. Yeah. There's going to be, you know, there'll be some nights where Gabe and I are up late and hanging out on a Saturday, and <laughs> we may hook up and and just go with our conversation and yeah. so you know you guys will like i said you guys will have the bonus episodes maybe some uh well not maybe for sure some video and things mm-hmm. of that sort so guys hopefully you'll be on the lookout for that uh you'll get some sweet merch once we once we get everything underway here and I, i'm excited for for the future of what's Appalachian, man yeah we've, me we've too. really we've really grown from two guys just sitting out you know on the back deck one night or around a fire and i remember our Alyssa, our other producer, <laughs> My Gabe's wife. wife, was just like, you guys should start a podcast. And, you know, here we are. We were and like, ah, yeah. Yeah. And then the next day we're like, in that moment of clarity. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, why not? So, and you know, that, that's, uh, that's a shout out to you guys. Thank you all for tuning in. I know we have some people uh, that, that really love to reach out to us and, and things like that. And we appreciate you all. And, and we, we hope that you guys continue to reach out. Send us those small towns that you want Gabe and I to visit. Uh, we're going to use it as an excuse to kind of get out of the house and travel a little bit into your neck of the woods. Heck yeah. And into uh, the, the corner of Appalachia that, that you may be in. So, guys, anytime you want to reach out to Gabe and I, it is whatshappalachian at gmail.com. You can look us up on Instagram at whatshappalachian and Facebook at whatshappalachian. Yeah. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, we look forward to talking with you all next week. Talk to you soon. This is Gabe Roush signing off with Cody Greathouse. Have a good week, everyone. Peace.